Hello, 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 my friends. It is me, your friend, Rashawn Ali. I hope you're having a fabulous day today and knowing and believing that you already have what you need to make it to your next destination. And if you're in that destination right now, hope you are dreaming wildly and you are visualizing greatness every single day. And those things are coming unto you. That's right. Coming unto you you okay so today we are joined by a cool bruh of omega sci-fi fraternity incorporated his name is lynn roundtree and he is a musician songwriter he just loves everything music calls himself the soul trumpeter six solo projects 12 top 20 billboard singles he's a graduate of florida a&m university he marched in the marching 100 under dr foster and dr white he is an absolutely amazing musician. He has instrumental soul. That's what he has. He has lots of good stuff. And a contemporary jazz artist. Love, love, love. And here he is, Lynn Roundtree and Make My Trumpet Sing. Enjoy. You know you gotta be a cool soror to talk to the cool soror herself. I'm a cool soror. Hey y'all. I am a cool soror of... What's up, y'all? I'm a cool soror of... Hi, I am a cool soror of... It's the Cool Soror Podcast, hosted by me, Rashawn Ali. It's always super cool to have the cool bros on the Cool Soror Podcast, and really, I'm very excited to have this amazing musician. Yes, he is, and he just happens to be a rattler. Lynn Roundtree joins the Cool Sword Podcast. And Lynn, you are a cool bruh of Omega Sci-Fi Fraternity Incorporated. How you doing, man? Welcome to the show. I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. You I mean, you are um you're making waves in uh contemporary jazz. We're gonna talk about that. Is it, it would you consider it contemporary jazz? No, I'm glad you said contemporary jazz because that's what it is. Okay. I, I'm not real fond of the smooth jazz moniker uh because it, it's uh it's kind of confusing to some people right uh but uh the contemporary jazz is uh, is 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 more what we like to to hear right the soul trumpeter uh, is that what yep. you consider yourself well you know I, I put that because you know so many people think that that yeah so, so many people think i'm a saxophone player anyway so i i, I had to find something to to, to put the trumpet out front okay but i'm more than just a trumpet player i'm a, I'm, I'm a recording artist I'm a producer um a musician i you know i'm a speaker so I, I do a lot of different things but uh it's all uh based through and around my trumpet right and and music and so you back in alexandria virginia 11 years old you just happened to pick up a trumpet let's how did you get there well i didn't happen to pick it up i <laughs> I uh, I was trying. My dad played the trumpet uh, in in high school because his mom played, and he had a coronet that his mom uh, had had left him. His mom passed away when he was five, oh, wow. and so she left his coronet to him. He played a little bit through through marching band, but then kept it as an ornament. And he put it on the mantelpiece. And you know, as a little kid, you look at stuff that you aren't supposed to touch, and you always want to touch it. Right. And so you know, I was always walking. I was always told, you can touch anything on that mantelpiece, but don't touch that trumpet. Hmm. Don't touch that coronet. Don't touch it. And I, you know, of course, I wanted to touch it. I wanted to touch it. I wanted to touch it. But one day, he found me. Uh, he caught me. He put a little, uh, you know, a little, little staple on it, and uh, I, I moved it. 
and he'd seen it fall off. And uh -oh. So he said, I knew, I knew you, you you touched it, and uh, you need to fess up. And if you touched it, then uh, you know what's going to happen. You're going to have to learn how to play it. And uh -oh. so that's what got me into starting the trumpet, because I said, well, now I touched it, and now I have to play it. My dad was, you know, was old school. One of these, uh, one of these, you, gotta, you know, you, you got to pay your dues. You got to work hard. You got to, you, you start it, you got to finish it. And, uh, and that's what started me with the trumpet. Oh, wow. That's beautiful. So did you, did you immediately fall in love with it? Well, yeah, because, you know, I, it, <laughs> I got out of class a couple times a week when, you know, when we had a music program. Uh, but you know, when I, when I first played it, I was able to make a sound. It's, uh, it's tough to, to initially make that, that, that good sound on the trumpet. And I made one in the first practice session. And, uh, after that, you know, it, 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 it started to, to become a challenge for me to try and make, you know, see if I could play a scale, see if I could play right. another, scale, another scale, see if I could, you know, uh, play a song. And, and it just, one thing led to another. And I know you saw that, that movie, uh, Mo Better Blues. Right. Where the, where the little kids and they're practicing well that was me mm -hmm. you know, essentially that was me and and you know i i did go out and have fun with with, with my boys and played everything i did all sports and everything but right. it was always that get in there and you started it play that trumpet you know going and, and do your do your uh you know your basics and learn your basics and and stay in there and practice and i didn't know really what i was practicing for but i knew knew it was something right so when did when did you know you said you knew it was something what was that point where you knew okay this is really a gift this thing could I could be kind of special well I didn't know that I mean I play like you know you go to band class like you're supposed to like any other kid you, you play yeah you know you learn a song you go to the concert you horse around in in band and you know it kind of didn't hit me until maybe my senior year when uh I also tried out, uh, I was on a, on a trip and I, I was singing and, uh, we were singing some, we were just messing around on this trip. Uh, actually the whole band department went and the band rode on one, one bus and the, the choir rode on the other bus. And we were going to some competitions in New York. And, uh, of course all, all the ladies were on one bus and right. the band had all the band geeks on the other bus. And so me and three other cats. We were like, let's sneak on the on the on the singing bus, <laughs> you know, because that's where you know this this twelve hour trip. We're gonna be up there with them, right? And so when when we got to the first rest stop, they caught us on there, mm -hmm. and uh, and they said, well, you sing something, and you can stay, right? And they said, well, give us ten minutes, and we all got together. Fortunately, we ought to all come up in the Baptist church. Oh goodness, we got a little, we got a little uh, a spiritual together, and we sang it four part harmony. What next thing? Next thing you know. Uh, I'm auditioning and, you know, singing in the choir. So oh, now I'm man. not my playing, but I'm singing. And the singing came so naturally to me. And once I started to get into singing, it helped me understand what my purpose was with the trumpet. I wanted to make my trumpet sing, too. Wow. I wanted to make my trumpet sound like, you know, what I could do when I was singing that I didn't even know I was a, a good singer. It right. was just something that was kind of natural to me. And being able to harmonize and being able to, to, to structure and stack chords. And so that's when I really, you know, got serious with it. That's when I really said, hey, it might be something here. I don't know what it is, but it might be something here. Right. And so you continued this uh, musical journey with singing and playing. Were you doing one more than the other at this time or kind of doing them uh, both like equally? Well, no, I was I was definitely playing at, at, at in the high school. But when I um, tried out when I tried out for the bands for it. I was trying to figure out what colleges to go to. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, I auditioned for the FAMU March and Hunted, and uh, they accepted me. 
um, it was all about the trumpet then. You know, okay. When we got there on the hill. It was all about, you know, <laughs> uh, uh, the, you know, the high step dance, do this, do yep. that, wear a white t-shirt, run around. So everything was dominated with the band. But after my, um, my first year and after, you know, crossing over into the, into the Martian hunted, I got back into singing. So I sang with okay. the, the, the choir and I traveled with the choir at PAM on uh, the music program too. So I always kept that as a part of, uh, my uh my, my musical but now you know now, now i'm not a singer but right you know it all it, it's helped me you know in writing music it certainly helped me playing conceptually it's helped me find the direction that i want to go in with my music and my horn because i'm not the traditional jazz trumpet player right say. so when you do create do you put track vocals down that are vocal or musical I, they're lyrical Okay. They're, 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 when I play, I, I'm trying to find, uh, you know, I gravitate to Miles Davis. I gravitate okay. to singers. And I, you know, I was infused with a lot of R&B, a lot of, you know, that, that rap in the 80s came, you know, came, mm-hmm. 80, you know, mm-hmm. came up. And, uh, you know, it, so I've got a strong R&B background and that's what I hear. And I, I'm trying to right now infuse that into my writing. And so uh, over my past six projects, I always have. Uh, most of my songs sound like if you take the instruments or you take, if you put a vocalist in my, in my songs, uh-huh. it can easily be an R&B song. Okay, gotcha. So that's what I hear. Right. I, I don't, you know, I, and that's how I write. You know, I write with strong bass lines, really strong grooves, and really, really strong melodies. Yeah. And that's what I try to seek and play with my trumpet. It's hard sometimes because you want to, you know, I study jazz. I, I, you know, I love jazz. I, you know, I, I've studied every jazz trumpet trump, trumpeter out there. Um, uh, and you know, I've got every recording I could find of, of all of our great jazz musicians, but I don't play the old school jazz. What I do is I, I'm an R and B artist. And I think that's what, um, I think that's, it took me a while to figure that out because I was always fighting with, well, I play the trumpet and I got to play jazz, you know, and I, it kind of hit me. So why do I have to play traditional jazz? Right. Why do you have to do anything? Play? You don't have, you can make your own yeah. rules. Exactly. And, yeah. then, you know, but I think part of that is the musicians too. the musicians around, you know, you got to do this and you got to do that. And, you know, because no one ever says, you know, tells Beyonce she has to sing, you know, like Sarah Vaughn. Right. You know, there's two categories. There's jazz singers. There's, you know, there's blues singers. There's R&B singers. There's some stuff on the radio nowadays that, that, I, you know, that aren't singers. I, I, don't, I don't know what it is. But <laughs> it is what it is. But, you know, it, with instrumentalists, it's tougher because you either you're either, you know, a, a, a jazz musician or you're a you're a classical artist or something. And uh, and rarely do they look at a, at a just the instrumentalist and say, oh, that's an R&B guy. Right. Right. And that's what I'm trying. That's what I've been trying to change or I have trying to, you know infuse in my playing and my writing and my performing okay let's go back before we get to kind of the current stuff um you you all the way from virginia you decided on famu what what other schools were you looking into and obviously uh i'm sure the final decision came down because you were able to at least audition for the marching 100 oh yeah yeah, yeah. but you know i'm you uh, being from the alexandria virginia dc area your first thing is howard howard of course um, you know, I want to go to Howard, and everybody knew. I knew went to Howard, and uh, you know that was the great thing. Everybody you knew it was going to be at Howard. You're going to have a fun thing, and that was the bad thing. Everybody you knew was going to yeah, Howard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, you know what? I, you know, I, I don't know if I would have ended up here, you know, because it was some guys doing some things that weren't as positive. 
uh, around, you know, when I was coming up. And, uh, and, and so I chose not to stay at home. Also, my parents, um, they, they instilled in me um, a set of values that, uh, that helped me remain consistent wherever I went and, and didn't make me afraid to travel because we right. traveled so when I was a, a kid. You know, we, we, my mom had 15 sisters and brothers, and all of them pretty much stayed in southern Virginia. Mm-hmm. She was one of the birds that nef- left, left the nest. And, you know, we lived several places. You know, me growing up, went all the way out west to Seattle, born in New York City. And uh, so I was used to being, you know, going away. And mm-hmm. so I thought going away would be the best for me. Yeah, I looked at Hampton, but still, again, that wasn't far enough. They didn't have a great man. I looked at Morehouse. Uh, I came down to Morehouse. I was like, man, this is this is great. Um, but, I, you know, again, um, FAMU, when I went down to visit that campus, coupled with the band and coupled with, you know, the marching hunt, and I think they had just come back from uh, from France. Oh, Wow. And, uh, you know, I, I saw what was going on down at FAMU. I was like, oh, man, this is this is where I'm this going. This is I'm where definitely. I, I, right, I got to oh, go right. here. I go as, as far away from home. It's slow. I thought I could pull one over on, on, on the people at FAMU because I called them in country. And, they, you know, they had the, the jerry curls and gold right, teeth. Right. And so I said, I said, when I got down there and then I got one pulled over on me when I got into that band. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what was the band experience like for you? I mean, you were able to uh, be a part of the band. You know, you know, every 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 person that's been in the band says their their time was the prime. But it seems seems like, you know, that late 80s was 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 awesome. Can you tell me more about oh, that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I came in right on a cusp because I, I went down in 89. OK. And, um, and, you know, band was riding high. We were just done. On 2020, shot the Tide commercial, yeah, commercial, and uh, it, it was just you know when we went down there, it was a different world for me, for real, because I, I, you know, I, I associated with that, with that, with that sitcom. You know, it was definitely a different world, absolutely, I've ever seen in my life. And you know, I bragged every time. I'm the type of person that that just I don't give up. Again, I instilled my my dad instilled that in me, and so um, you know, that first day when you get down there into the band and. And, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're showing you where the band has been and what you can be. And, you know, it's almost like one of these rah-rah speeches and you're in there with your tie and shirt on. And they say, OK, now, now you break out into your sections. Trumpet section, go to the room, you know, 305. And, and we went in there and the lights went off and they said, everything you thought you knew is over. Wow. <laughs> and they said, this is how it goes. Of course, people that were from the area. Uh, knew what they were getting involved in, but nobody bothered to tell me. You right, know, I'm, right. I'm telling everybody, all my friends, and, and you know, in DC, and, yo, I'm I'm being marching hunting. I'm you know I'm going to fam. I, you know, we having parties. The the family giving me right. parties. Right. Going away to party, graduate. So I'm down there, and they they talking about you know putting the fear of God in somebody. I'm the lights went on. Turn. I'm like, whoa, what is this? <laughs> and so um you know, but I. I, I I had stuck my foot in my mouth. I was gonna be a family marching marching. I was gonna be a rattler. I was gonna be in the marching hunted. You know, I was gonna. Be, I I got the scholarship. I felt good. I wasn't gonna quit. So right. you know, I I said it is what it is. You know, the first time they turned the lights off and, and yelled and, and did a, you know a couple more things, I was like, all right, this is it. You you know you did it. So either I can you know quit, give up, and, and this wouldn't be you know worth. That. I would have wasted my time. But no, if I if I'm gonna take this, I'm gonna get something out of it. Yeah. And and I went full full speed ahead, and I did everything I you know I was asked that was asked of me. Yeah, man, that's great. 
So you were there with the, the Dr. Fosters and the Dr. Whites of the world. Yeah. I mean, goodness. Yeah, Dr. Foster was emeritus. Um, Dr. White had just assumed the full responsibilities of band director. Now, mm-hmm. Dr. Foster used to come out and do, you know, he used to, uh, to lead yeah. uh, our slow jam and stuff like that. And, and he would be on, on uh, in most of our rehearsals, uh, band practices, not rehearsals, band practices. And, uh, uh, and he would give us all of these amazing, amazing lectures, uh, mm-hmm. more so about life. Um, and, and what you do with your life and uh, how that infuse that with, you know, what, what we're doing out here on the patch, you know, why we're trying so hard. Why, right. we, why, why is everything so hard? I mean, everything was just difficult. I'm like, man, is this what it is to be down in the South? Everything is hard. Sweating. <laughs> you know, everything is a challenge. I'm like, this is what makes, it makes our people so strong. Yeah. All of that went through my bones and I'm like, wow, this is, you know, now I'm listening to this great man give us, you know, lectures and, and, and a lot of great people have come through this band. You know, I just I I, I soaked it up. I, I appreciate it. I didn't appreciate it when I was going through it. Of because, course. You, know, you never know. You don't know it. When you went through <laughs> it. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's hot. Yes. Oh, my, oh my God. God. It was, it was you so, know, everything was hot. Yes. I swam at fam. I was a swimmer. So okay. I swam outside year mm-hmm. round. And mm-hmm. I was like, people look at people when people say, well, you, Rashawn, you're not dark skinned. Well, let me tell you something. You get in that Tallahassee heat, <laughs> you be 10 shades darker. <laughs> that is funny because yeah. I didn't think I was light skinned until I moved up to Detroit and, mm-hmm. la- and lived in Detroit for a couple of years. And somebody, like, you light skinned. I'm like, no, I'm not light skinned. I'm, I'm brown. Right. You know, brown down in fam. Now, all them years I was down in fam, that's why I was brown out there, you know, out there, just out there. Yeah, yeah. Just walking the campus. Walking, walking the campus. Yeah. See, I even, you know, as a freshman, I couldn't even really enjoy my freshman year. You know, and this is before, you know, they had the real solid computer systems, and, right. and I stand out in line, and you know, I was lucky to get four or five classes. I'm like, man, I stood in line for three days, and right. you know, and hot, and I only, I'm only enrolled in two classes, and I got to go to band practice, uh. and wet to death and then i might get kicked out because i don't have no classes right like, what, what is why is everything so hard everything but it teaches you it teaches you it teaches you about perseverance it does oh, oh. My goodness, it does because the stuff we do nowadays and i see people falling out and can't do this can't do that i'm like come on now yeah you know really and so it, it just it teaches you it's like either sink or swim either you're gonna you know go forward and i'm because everybody else is doing the same thing right you have people that washed out and, and couldn't make it but you look around, you say, okay, everybody else is doing the same thing. So, you know, nobody's getting kicked out. You, you know, so it's, there's a way. Yeah. No one would tell you what the way was now. You had to figure it out. But there's a way. Yeah, it is. It, it, and it makes us all better. It makes us all better. And so um, you you uh, continue with your time, obviously, at, at the Marching 100. And you graduate from the School of Business at Florida A&M University. We're going to go back to Omega Sci-Fi. But how did you get your first deal uh you talking about my record deal yes oh the record deal didn't come till three albums later I was oh wow independent. yeah i was independent and you know me being a trumpet player me being r&b me not really knowing what smooth jazz was i wasn't bred for the smooth jazz world or environment i just you know i started a band around town around detroit and uh you know because I, I was look hey you know got doing and, and that was the result of you know uh, uh just you know, put my trumpet back up, people calling for weddings. This I said, Well, you know, I want to put a band together and I put a band together, uh, became a really uh good working band around the city of Detroit. 
um, this after I had sat in and, and, and been able to spend a lot of time with a lot of our Motown legends, legends that are, that are gone now. But I was lucky enough to, on the tail end, a lot of these guys sit in some of these jam sessions and learn how these masters, uh, you know, created music. Man. And so I started the band and then, uh, and then somebody said, Hey man, we love what you're, what you're doing. You got a CD. And I said, Oh no, I don't, but I figure out a way to make some money. It'll make me a CD. So I made a CD of stuff that was in me and I heard and hooked up a couple couple of producers that that heard what i was doing and uh they took the stuff that i had written i had pretty much written a whole cd almost and uh, uh they took all of that reproduced it made it sound you know like a real music and i made a cd and lo and behold i got a cd that's that's the first song off of it you know went national right um and uh i was like well i might have something here so everyone's mm-hmm. saying man the cd is great it sounds good man it's the best thing i've ever heard and i had no idea what i was doing i just was making what i i heard i was like right. this is the music that i like uh and then you know from there i made another cd and then uh record industry went belly up uh the not belly up but the smooth jazz industry went belly up the uh, the radio station started to disappear um, you know, and right when I was on the rise, right when I was coming up. And so I created the, my third CD, Soul Tree, the Soul Jazz Experience. I, I released independently. It was six vocal tunes, six R- bonafide R&B songs and six, uh, you know, kind of eclectic but soulful songs. Uh, and, and it did really well um, uh, uh, with people who were, you know, the reviewers. Right. Um, commercially, it wasn't that great, but I did have a, a, a cover of a You Rock My World. Uh, Michael Jackson covered it that did extremely well I mean, I was nervous to do that song yeah. but uh, I was about to, to pretty much pack it in because after that third CD and after the stations were disappearing after a little bit of success that I had I was like look am I you know my family wasn't right you know mm-hmm. was family issues my mother had just passed away I'm only child uh, you know I filed bankruptcy Wow. I mean, it was just everything coming at me. It was like, you know, I'm like, really? You know, I stayed pretty much drama-free most of my life. But then, you know, I had one two-year stretch where it was just nothing but drama in my life. Wow. Uh, standing in the unemployment line. I'm like, wow. Mm-hmm. How did I end up here? I'm a oh, it's, yeah, I, 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 was in, I was in that line three times. So don't worry about oh, it as a graduate. Yeah, it's fine. Exactly. And you stand in the line and you're like, well, how did this happen? And, you know, but again, you can either move forward. Because you're standing in line with other people. You ain't in line by yourself. So right. you got other people going through it, too. You know, the economy is bad. We know, you know, things that led to the economy. And uh, so I, I was kind of down. And I, I got some advice from somebody. Say, I said, well, you know, what should I do? Should I keep going? They're like, people love your music. People may not say they love your music, but there are people all over the world listening to your music. And, you know, the only thing you can control is what you can control. You know, if you can get in there and make great songs. Just keep making great songs. Yes. Don't worry about, you know, you're not playing this gig and, and you know, you, you are not on this show with that person and that person and nobody's picking you up for a show. And hindsight, you know, 2020, I wasn't ready yes. to be on stage with those big dogs. Mm-hmm. I thought I was and I was miserable because I wasn't. But knowing what I know now, being on stage and knowing, you know, how I need to be on stage and in front of thousands of people, I wasn't ready. I would have burned, crashed and burned. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, sometimes the Lord has a way of, of, you know, pulling us back. Maybe not what we want, but he knows what, what, what we need. Right. Uh, right. And so I got <clears throat> to that point, uh, I was so pretty much uh, tunnel vision. I was going to make some songs. I wasn't going to worry. 
And the second that I made that decision to stop being woe is me, and it's mm-hmm. all all of a sudden, two people came out, Stripping and Rhythm Records and uh, another record company, can't name, but they, <laughs> they they both came. Somebody said, "Hey, two of these companies." One company said, "We're looking to to to, to try and you know see if if you work out on a label. Uh, why don't you here's here's a, a, a full expense paid trip to Dubai uh, to come to the Dubai Jazz Festival. You'll be a featured artist. We've been watching you. We like what you're doing. We like your music." Uh, you know, you'll have a show on one of the nights. I'm, my jaw dropped to, you know, I, I was like, what? You know, are you kidding me? Um, and uh, when I got over there, I, you know, they, they said, we like to bring our artists over. We like to see how they, you know, how they roll. Basically. Right. I was like, look, man, I'm putting on my worker hat. I'm, I didn't go see a, a, a building. I didn't do, go do nothing. I practiced the music and I played with all the bands that were over there and I played my show and I did my thing. Got that record deal with Trippin' and Rhythm Records. Put my first record out under that, and that's my that's how I got the major label deal. Wow. It just I, it was you know my dad always said, hey, you know luck is at the, at the intersection of preparedness and opportunity, mm-hmm. and um, you know you got to be prepared and you have to put yourself in the right spot to to, to get the opportunity. Wow, you know, that's, that's where luck is, and that's exactly what happened to me because I, I had no idea, I hadn't solicited any record companies. I had I had in the past, but. It all turned me down. Yeah, and so you were just tired. You were probably exhausted of the whole rejection. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, you're human. But (laughs) but at the point where I just said, okay, you know, do my duty that is best, leave it to the Lord to rest. I'm just going to make good music. At that point, when I made that decision philosophically in my head, is when things started. That's that's that. When we let it go completely, just Uh release it. That's when things seem to change in, in our lives absolutely yeah so 12 top 20 billboard singles uh your current single past the, Gro- the groove um number one on the national billboard smooth jazz chart does any of this is this any of this surreal to you it is surreal because yeah. uh you know I, every time i would release a single you know i would pray my wife and i would pray that um it, it would hit number one and uh you know it, it just you never know in the industry what you uh you just put it out there and again you, you write what you what you can write and you put it out there and you let it go and you always think you have a great song but and you always wonder why your song isn't you know isn't number one but you know it it, it is what it is when this song hit um when i'm when i heard this song it was a song written by michael broning uh and produced by michael broning and we had started to work together on some tunes uh, i had some tunes that i had written years ago I never released, I never put on any albums, but I knew they had a great sound. I just needed another producer to come in and uh, and kind of, you know, fine tune it. And that's what we started working on. When he heard my production and he heard, you know, how I was playing, he said, hey, man, I got a, I got a song for you. I think you might be interested now that I, I hear how you play. I hear the direction. I hear what, what you know, some other people like didn't like this song, but I'm going to pass it over to you. Listen to it. I, and I was like, man, I like that groove. That mm-hmm. is all me. That's why the song's called. Ah, that makes sense. I was like, that is all me i was like i love that thing so he sent it over to me said put your parts down blah blah blah. put them down it was so natural took me literally one four hour session to put to do all those parts for the song i sent it back to him when i heard it come back i said man this is a hit Uh but you always have that doubt because you always think everything's a hit right (laughs) you're like but but you knew i knew something in the back of my mind this is a hit and so, uh, you know, when it, when it it popped up on the Billboard charts really fast, I was like, yeah, but I tempered that with, you know, a dose of reality. I was like, don't get your hopes up too yeah. high. I don't want to get, I don't fall down. 
You know, I don't want to get up too high. I fall down. It hurts more. Um, so it kept going. It kept going. It kept going. And over Christmas, it was it stayed at number two for for three weeks. And then the, the chart, they don't do a chart over Christmas. So there's three weeks without a, a legitimate chart. And so can you imagine that was the longest three weeks of my life? Right, right. Sitting at number two. And I'm like, oh, my God, you know, when is another chart going to come out? And I just had to kind of get through the holidays. I was, you know, sometimes I was Mr. Grinch during the holidays. I'm like, oh, man, <laughs> you know, I don't want nothing for Christmas. I just want, to, I just the, want that the, chart. The, the and I want to be number one. <laughs> right. Right. So the next chart come out, I was number two still. I'm like, ah. And uh, a couple other cats were coming up behind me. Then number one hit. Uh, I just felt it in my bones because uh, everything just felt right. Mm-hmm. And then they said, my, my, my radio promoter said, hey, man, you got your first number one, man. It was wow. surreal. Wow. Like you said, it was it was surreal. And, you know, because I've been at this thing for a long time, six albums in, um, you know, to have a number one hit, knowing what I know mm-hmm. and, and having gone through what I, I've gone through. I, I've appreciated it um, so much. And, you know, I dropped to my knees. I, I, I thank God. I, you know, I thank everybody who was involved in this, my label. Uh, and, and just hearing what the, the feedback that people were giving me um, meant that people had been watching me. Yes. People were saying not, oh, just happy, you know, you got the number one grass. They were saying, man, we knew how long you, you wanted this or mm-hmm. you know how long you've been at this. And this has inspired us because, you know, we want to give up sometimes. But yep. to see you just stick to it and not give up, not quit. You know, and you keep going. This is this is this should feel sweet for you. Mm-hmm. And yep. uh, it, it does. And now it's still three weeks later. Still, they just it was, I just got announced it was number one today. Uh, oh, man. So, that's awesome. So, so I, got a, I got a bona fide certified hit and we just the album hadn't even come out yet. And, and I've got so many strong tunes on this album. Again, I, I've always tempered myself. I don't, I don't get too high, too excited, too wild. But it is certainly gratifying and it, it's justification and it's validation for me uh having made the decision to keep moving forward is that why the new album is titled stronger still it's exactly why the new album is titled stronger still mm-hmm. that's exactly and, and i didn't even know that this was going to be a number one but when i was making this album uh things still weren't the best you know um uh, mm-hmm. uh there's some things going on in my life it was just it's i'm like oh my goodness you know nothing can ever be just be right and yeah. i still made this album and when i finished the album i was like you know what you know you know it, it's tough enough to make one album you see cats just making one album. i'm always saying i'm i'm about to come out with the album but if people don't realize how tough it is just to make one album uh to have six albums and to still do what i do and still push forward in spite of everything that i've been through I'm like, all of this stuff is, has made me stronger. Yes. So, so, and, and I'm going to keep going because I took that advice that, you know, you just keep going. Don't worry about what you can't control. Keep mm-hmm. going. And all of that has made me stronger. Love and, it. Uh, and so it's stronger. Uh, hey, look, I'm back. I'm str- and I'm stronger. And, and here's what you got. Boom. And that is hitting uh, stores and online February the 9th. February the 9th. That is fantastic. That is fantastic. All right. In the fall of 1991, you became a member of Omega Psi Phi through the Upside chapter at Florida A&M University. Did Omega... Okay, go ahead and do it then. Did Omega Psi Phi choose you or did you choose Omega Psi Phi? Uh, Well, I I don't know at that point. I think I kind of gravitated towards Omega. I think it was like a magnet um, Mm -hmm. because I don't think, you know, they wanted me to join the KK Psi 
the music fraternity. And, mm. I, you know, I was going to, but I, you know, in the back of my mind, I was like, you know what? No. Um, you know, I, I, I want to be, I want to be a Q dog, you know? Uh, 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 uh. And so, uh, you know, and I don't even know why, cause they were so crazy. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it, and I had just gone through this band stuff. I mean, you talking about crazy people. They, right. You know, they, we just, we, they had changed the rules on, you know, being able to march in the band prior to the first two years I was there. All you had to do was have like six hours and you could be in the band. So you had all kinds of cats from Miami coming up from the bottom. Yeah. You know, just coming to hate. That's all they're doing is taking basket weaving classes to come hate. Right. Um, but, you know, the band was, I mean, the uh, the cues were just, it, but it was something about them. It was something mm-hmm. about, you know, how they, how they operated on the yard and what they did. And, and I had a, a, a cousin, one, just one, a cousin and an uncle who were cue dogs. And they were in my ear talking about, yeah, you go some, you ain't going to number cube. But then I had a, a cap and an alpha, and it's kind of saying the same thing. Mm-hmm. But the cubes were real with it. You know, they were like, no. Nah. And so uh, I just, you know, got we got to the interest groups, and they were scary. Uh, <laughs> you know, and they said, you, you, you need to do this. And I said, well, you know what? I've been scared before. Uh, you know, and I, I, I know, you know, that, 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 you know, there's nothing that, that you can do that's, that's going to kill me, even though, yeah, people have died. But I mean, it's, uh, you know, look, it, it's what I want. I'm going to push forward. I, I'm at this interest meeting the way I am. If I do something then that's it, I mean, I'm going I'm to I'm keep keep going until I realize it's not right for me or I've completed it. Yeah. And, um, and, and that's what I did, you know, push forward and uh, met some great uh, guys who were trying to do the same thing as me. Uh, who, who some of them became my, my my lifelong brothers, and we were in it together. Yeah, and um, you know we went to that raggedy frat house, couple raggedy <laughs> frat house, smelly frat house. And I'm like, yeah. you know what? I don't. This is this this is not me, but it is me. Right. You know, right. philosophically, it's me. Uh, realistically, it's not me because I don't live like this. But mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> but yeah, philosophically, it's me. The attitude, the the you know, just the. What what they had a good mix of bravado and mm-hmm. and, and and but they were smart. The mm-hmm. cues on on the fam youth campus. We had the highest GPA on the yard, mm. and we partied the hardest. <laughs> right. So I mean, it was like, well, how 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 do you get that? Yes. And we they had a strong work ethic. I mean, they they really believed in uh in work to the point where you know if you didn't show up on time, they you know you felt it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's after being a bro. That's not right. being online. Right. So uh, I mean, these bros were dedicated to the things that they they did, and 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 the pledge program. Uh, well, I guess I'm not supposed to say it was a pledge program. We, you know, we. It was all good back then. Well, ninety one was it good? We had an old school pledge program, but the pledge program was pretty much. Um, it, it was. It was a program. It wasn't something that was random and right 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 and random people here and there it was it was a, a set program passed down through the ages from brother to brother to brother to brother and it's the stuff that we went through is the stuff that the bros went to through in 1932 right um, so it was it was it was a program and that's what i appreciated about being down south and yeah. after that especially after having pledged and seen other chapters and how other things went but 
just down there, down south, everything, everything seemed to be a program. Everything, mm-hmm. yeah. You couldn't just, could just do stuff. Yeah, you that's what our people people are saying. Like, you, look, you pledge everything at FAMU. I mean, right. I mean, you just do choir. I mean, uh, the, right. the model troop. You got to pledge standing on the set. <laughs> right, right. Oh, you just gonna be out here looking crazy? Nah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Wow, that's awesome, and I and I want to give a shout out to Pee Wee, uh, your line brother, for like uh, connecting us for sure. Well, that's my one dog. Man. One dog, he's always leading the way, and he's he's always uh, he's 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 been true to his one dog status. Yes. At, uh, on our line, he's always he's the light bulb. Uh, I say physically and 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 <laughs> uh, figuratively speaking, but you know he is. Um, he he he's such a uh oh, I don't even know how to explain it. He's a good good person. He's a, he is a good love. person. And he's, he's a, a connector. He's, he's a connector. connector. Mm-hmm. He's been through a lot in his life. I gravitated to him as well because I I, I was in Atlanta a lot. My parents were in Atlanta and uh, um you know, I, I hung with him and and he introduced he's a connector. He introduced me to everybody. He brings you into his family. Knew his brother, uh, I knew his uh knew his mother, his sister. I mean, and it's just, you know, he's been through some unfortunate life experiences, uh, but he still continues to shine. And and, and that that is my friend first, uh, family and brother. Wow. That's beautiful. That's absolutely beautiful. Tell me what your definition of cool is. Cool. Oh, man. Definition of cool. Um, Someone with a... uh, with a uh, a vibe, somebody with a vibe that's uh, that, that's easygoing, that's accommodating, that's accepting, uh, but isn't fake, isn't uh, isn't uh, superficial. Uh, somebody that uh, can get along, can go along, but also also can lead. Yes, you know. So it, it's that that to me embodies cool you know mm-hmm. you think somebody that's cool he's like who is he oh man he's cool just right. a cool cat yeah you know, and that that's that's what i think of when i think of cool yeah that's awesome that's awesome how can people um get in touch with you find out more about you know your tours and your new album and all of that good stuff well everything starts at my website uh dot com, and that's l-i-n Roundtree with no D, R O U N T R E E, music.com. And, uh, you know, from there, I've got Instagram, Lynn Roundtree. I've got uh, Facebook with Lynn Roundtree, Twitter at Lynn Roundtree. And uh, uh, I'm on all of, uh, all of the digital media outlets uh, iTunes, Amazon, uh, Google, Google Play. Uh, and, uh, I've got a YouTube channel as well. Okay. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, it, it's easy to get in touch with me. I, I, I usually respond to all of my messages. Uh, it may take a second, but I do respond uh, on social media, especially. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm just looking to continue to just spread my music, spread yes. love and, and, and continue to show, uh, you know, it could be done. And, you know, that's what I want to, you know, I was, I was excited about the opportunity to come here because I know a lot of Rattlers and a lot of, FAMU and listen. Oh yes, and, uh, and you know it's just a great year for FAMU, isn't it? Oh my goodness, uh, we we I, are I doing mean, it. <laughs> oh my gosh, you you are doing it with Thank your you. podcast, your thing. 
Uh, I mean, we've we've got our mayor now. We've mm-hmm. got we've got uh, you know TV producers. We got musicians. You know, I even called Common an adopted family. Yeah, yeah, he uh, was there. I was on. The, I, well, I was on the same floor with him. Oh, okay. So I was at Gibbs Hall. Uh, he and I came down as freshmen together, him and, and Murray, and he stayed pretty much perpendicular to our room. Okay. And on the fifth floor. And uh, he was there for a semester. Mm-hmm. And I, I used to, you know, run into him. He was in the business program with me. I was in school of business. Uh, and so, you know, he, he was always, a, now you say cool. Yes. That's the definition of cool. Oh, right wow. yeah, that, I love he that brother. The, right. He is the definition of cool. Yeah. So yeah, he he that was he was always a cool cat. Yeah, and he always he always talked with a you know kind of a lisp, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like yeah, now yeah, what's that? And so we used to mess with him, you know. We used to call him much mouth and all that. What do you talk? We can't understand you, Ashi, and all that other stuff. He wasn't common then. And so then he disappeared the next year, uh, and then he came back that next fall, and he was passing out mixtapes. Right. And, I was like, okay, you know, yeah, that's the brother that, that was at, uh, on our floor. What's up, man? He was like, he was like yeah, man. I was like, well, you come back to school now, nah, man. Y'all, f- I'm, I'm, I'm the rapper, man. I'm the rapper. <laughs> Me and my boy looked at each other. He can't even really talk. What are you talking about? He right. Fast forward to this guy at the Academy Awards. <laughs> oh, no, no. We just put the mixtape in. Right. We put the mixtape in and we heard what oh, he was doing. We were like, okay. we were done, man. We were like, you know what? If this is underground, this is the one of the greatest underground mixtapes ever. Uh, you know, and we didn't. I didn't. You know, I knew my rap, but I'm like, is this just me because I know the cat, or is this really like really great? good? Right, right, you know right. I mean? Sometimes right. we can pass the people we know. You know, absolutely. What I mean? But. I'm like, this This is really good. And we were looking at each other like, wow, we were rocking that mixtape the whole year. Yeah. And like, so, am I then, really feeling this? This is yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, yeah. I, then I turned around and, you know, he on on BET and, you know, I used to love her. And we were like, right. oh, wow, that's the song that was on the mixtape. Wow, that's dope. That's dope. So, yeah, man. I, and, and he, you know, people like him, man, he, he inspired us. Will Packer, man, I remember him. Mm-hmm. You know, I think he came a year. Him his boys came a year after me, uh, little alpha bunch. But uh, they uh, little alpha they, bunch. It's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> right? They were they were doing their little films and stuff, and and we were proud of them. We bought their first film. Yeah, tomorrow, something I was, like that. Uh, yeah, I was in. I was what, in. Chocolate City, and then I was in Three Could Play City, That yeah. Game. Yeah, yeah. Chocolate, Chocolate City is yeah, when we did at FAM, but yeah, they cast that's me. I was a freshman when they cast me. Uh huh. Yep, yep, yep. That's hot. That is hot. Yeah. We all went to Chocolate City, was his first one. Uh huh. Where, yep. where did Twa come in? That was like the second or third one. Okay, yeah, yeah. Chocolate City. I Chocolate remember City. that. Yep. I remember that. Was that. Awesome. We, were all, we were all so proud, man. Mm-hmm. It, was like, it was like a good time, and then you had SBI and everybody's over there teaching okay you can get in the corporate america but you know we really teaching you how to be an entrepreneur right we teaching you how to talk to these people you know but keep your cool you know what i mean we're yeah. telling you how to go up in a boardroom and talk to a major cat um and not be ruffled and, mm-hmm. and know what to say know know how to say it but we're not ta- teaching you to be in the company forever yes we're teaching you to learn what you can learn get your tools and, and dip mm-hmm. and dip and, yeah and that's that's also what I did. You know, I went out and came out and worked for Pfizer and, you know, worked for Occidental Chemical and Eli Lilly, you know, had had, had that going on. But I always had the music and yes. I always knew it was something bigger than that, that, that I, it was that I had to, to, to give. But, you know, you had to start somewhere. Have to. Have and to. And family was the perfect place, I'm, I'm telling you. So I started out saying that, you know, 
this is another example. I don't know how many FAMUNs have ever had a number one hit on the national billboard charts and how many bras have ever had a national hit on the number one charts, uh, number one hit on the billboard charts. Um, if I'm not the only one, it's, it's, it's a short, very few. Yeah. But, um, but I'm saying that to say that if you stick to it, it can be done. And these fam humans are showing every day, you know, that, 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 you know, even our future, you know, fam, you brothers and sisters can, and, you know, if they put their mind to it, stick to it, you know, everything is there for you. You learn everything you need to know for life right there on the yard. Absolutely. Absolutely. Not much you you know, don't know about or, or don't learn. It's, it's more about, you know, trying to just, you know, grow a little bit. Mm-hmm. But but you learn the basics right there. If you, you know, if you've been there for, for some time, you learn the basics right there, fam. Absolutely. Well, Lynn, I'm proud of you. Um, I'm really just uh, looking forward to the rest of this year and what it has to hold for you. Thank you, um, so. Thank you so much for being on the show tonight and just encouraging everybody to make sure you support my brother, Stronger Steel, Hit Stores, February the 9th. February the 9th. February the 9th. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And, uh, and you know, anything that I can do in, in the future with, with you all uh, to help uplift what you're trying to do, if you've got anything going on, I'm here for you and for whatever cause you, you're you trying to push. Thank you so much. And I echo or support. those. I push for support. That's Absolutely. Better. And I echo those sentiments to you as well, sir. Thank you. My pleasure. Lynn Roundtree, everybody. Hey, everybody. My name is Lynn Roundtree, the Soul Trumpeter, and I got a new CD coming out called Stronger Still, February 9th, and I am a cool bro of Omega Sci-Fi Fraternity Incorporated. (laughs) 